Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Let's jump straight in. Tech Guide. This was a real effort to push into that growing consumer space, very competitive space in Australia. It does give the user plenty of options, whether you're working or viewing content on the device. Keeping you updated and educated. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. Knowing Apple, you just don't know what to expect. They've gone from taking an excellent device and they've made it even better. It's had a redesign inside and out. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 160. This is the podcast that can keep you updated and educated about the latest consumer technology. Thanks for listening and thanks for downloading. And if you're listening for the first time, thanks for joining us. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of the website techguide.com.au. On this week's show, ransomware is set to target smartwatches and wearables. Speaking of wearables, Telstra has set up a dedicated section for the devices and Facebook takes on eBay with a new buy and sell section. In the Tech Guide reviews, we check out the Zag foldable pocket keyboard, the Logitech MX Anywhere 2 laptop mouse and the Swan DriveEye Ultra dash cam. And we'll bring it home with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by our sponsors, Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A packed show, so let's get cracking. Well, the world of internet security is an ever-changing, always-in-motion world. Uh, it's it's never never the same. Things are always advancing. It's a cat-and-mouse game between the cyber criminals and the hackers and us good folk who are trying to stay safe online and, of course, companies like Symantec, uh, who are the companies that are trying to keep us safe as well. Well... A new, uh, a new threat has emerged uh, of late. It's called ransomware. Now, for those who aren't aware what this is, as its name suggests, the word ransom is actually in the name. And what happens here, this is a threat that can actually lock up your computer and all, of, and all its files as well and not give you access until you pay the hacker to release them. So hence the name ransomware. So if you uh, don't have internet security, uh, your device, your computer, could literally be held to ransom. Now, what happens is they install a malicious piece of software that then uh, th- that locks up all your devices, uh, all, your, all your files, all your documents. And then you'll normally you receive a message to say, uh, if you want to get control of all of your, of all of your files, which have now been uh, locked away, then you'll need to pay us a certain amount of money. Normally, it could be hundreds of thousands of dollars, or it could be thousands of dollars. But uh, to protect yourself from this, of course, you need to have a backup of your of your computer. And at the very worst case scenario, is you tell the tell the cyber criminals where where they can go, and you can just wipe your computer and start it again from your backup. So if you don't have internet security and you don't have a backup, you could be at risk. That's bad enough as it is. Well. Symantec has just released a report. Symantec's the security company behind Norton. And they are saying that the latest target for cyber criminals and hackers are wearable devices and specifically smartwatches. Now, you have to remember, cyber criminals are always on the lookout for the next frontier. Of course, they're targeting computers. 
the next step up for them was smartphones. They were already creating viruses and malware for smartphones, especially Android devices. Now, the next step up the ladder are smartwatches. They're even talking about even Internet of Things devices, so connected devices in your household. So you think about this, the smartwatch could be infected with ransomware as easily as a smartwatch, a smartphone. So what, what, uh, what Symantec has done, they, they conducted a little experiment and created the APK file, which is normally the ransomware format, uh, how it comes into your device. A disguise could be disguised as an app, uh, could be disguised as an attachment. But once it's installed on your smartphone, they observed that it was then uh, paired, it made its way across to the smartwatch as well. Now, these cyber criminals are looking for any way in, and that way in could be your smartwatch. So if they're, if they're tempting you with an app that can be used on your smartwatch, can run on your smartphone, then they've, they've gotten through your defenses. Now, there's a lot, not a lot of people that are running internet security on their smartphones. And I've even heard of, of viruses, malware, that can cross over to your PC once it's connected, if it's ever connected to your computer, maybe you're doing a sync. You might might even be using using a USB port to charge it. And I've heard of cases where the malware is so intelligent that it can then transfer and install itself onto your PC. And that's even if your PC has security, because you you've attached a trusted device, then it just allows stuff to go back and forth. So something we really need to take uh, take uh, care with there. And it it is a frightening scenario if you ever if you've ever been targeted by this stuff, just the very thought of it is frightening. Let alone it happening in reality. So, take care out there, people. It's uh, it's well worth your time to to have your internet security software and also follow some precautions. Avoid installing apps from uh, sources that you don't know. Check permissions when installing an app. You know, often when you see a screen that's got a big OK button at the bottom, a lot of people don't bother to read those permissions. Those normally say to for this app to work, it's going to need to do these things. And it'll say, access your contacts, send SMSs. So read all these things. One alarm, like if it rings alarm bells, if you're not comfortable with what, it, what it's going to do, then don't install it. Like I'll give you an example, a game. If you download an Android uh, gaming app, that app, that game wouldn't need access to your contact contact lists or be able to send an SMS. That is suspicious. So take care that download from known sources. Check the permissions list as well. Use a, use security. There are plenty of security apps on your on your phone from Norton, Trend Micro, McAfee. They've all got one. Uh, keep your software up to date as well and make frequent backups of your important data. That's an absolute must on a computer and also on your smartphone as well. So if you want to check out that uh, that report, you can do that at Tech Guide. You can also view a video that Symantec put together as well. You can check all that out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. Okay, we've just been talking about wearable devices that uh, could be the uh, could fall victim to ransomware. Well, that's the worst case scenario. Let's talk about a, a better case scenario. The best case scenario is when you're actually in the market for a wearable device. Now, there are so many of them in the market for fitness tracking, sleep tracking, activities, calorie counting. So many choices. Well, what Telstra has done, they've showed some initiative here, 
And they've become the first telco to offer a dedicated area in their stores for wearable devices. So I, I, knew, I get a lot of questions. I a lot of people read my reviews here on Tech Guide about wearable devices. They're asking, what's the best one to get? Should I get this? I wanted to do that. Which one do you recommend? Well, what I, what I use for my activities uh, at tracking may not suit what you want. You might want one with a heart rate monitor. You might want one without a heart rate monitor. You might want, want one with a display. Someone else might want one without a display. So the Telstra store with this dedicated wearable section has really made it easy for any customer to go in to see what's out there for a start. So they've got them all side by side. There's a special glass cabinet, a special area in the store where you can not only see them, see the price, see the brands, and also try them on. So uh, to see whether you, they, they fit you, if they suit you, uh, and what you want to get out of it. There's a lot, lot of uh, there's there's a lot of various. They do some of these have a, things in common, but some of them specialize in various areas as well. Like for example, one might have a heart rate monitor. One could have a can track your sleep really well. Uh, one might have uh, a larger larger display. One has no display. So there are plenty of choices out there, and they stock all the great all the big brands, including devices from Samsung, Fitbit, Jawbone. Huawei, Garmin, every device that you can think of, wearable device, uh, is going to be on display at the Telstra store. And the good news is if you are a Telstra customer, you can actually include your wearable device on a uh, on a plan. So you can pay them off over 12 or 24 months. So it'll just uh, be added to your Telstra, your Telstra bill. So uh, if you are looking to get into the market, want to see what's out there and even uh, find out a better way to pay for it, pay it off over a year or two years, then the Telstra store is where you have to go. You can see that story and a picture of the display at techguide.com.au. Now we know uh, Facebook. Facebook. When you, the first thing you think of Facebook is it's a social network. We all share our photos and videos and statuses and holiday photos and you name it. We we check in at places and tag people in statuses and that's the Facebook we know. Well, here's a new part of Facebook that you might not know. It's a new section called Buy and Sell. Now, this is an area, as its name suggests, where you can buy and sell unwanted goods. And it's basically just like a a classified section of Facebook, which uh, is based around your area. So if you're living in Sydney, you can access the Sydney Marketplace. And of course, if you're living interstate, you can also see those ones as well. Now, it, uh, Facebook has cleverly taken advantage of the number of users they have. They do have more than a billion worldwide users, and they have uh, obviously leveraging that power, that those eyeballs, to make it easy to sell your stuff. Now, there's been people that use Facebook anyway to sell stuff. They list stuff on their on their normal status, put a picture up, offer a price, and tell people to direct message them if they want to, if they're interested, or if they know anyone who's interested. Well. That's what's been happening for for a long time. Well, now Facebook has formalized that into a section uh, called buy and sell. Now, what they are doing by uh, by attempting this is also taking on another very well-known online sales site, and that's eBay. So uh, it's an interesting little battle that's going to be set up here with Facebook taking on eBay. Now, there are, I've done some comparisons on my story on TechGuide. I'm going to run through them right now. Uh, in terms of cost, uh, if you list an item on Facebook, it is free. 
It is also free to list an item on eBay, but eBay does charge a final value fee, which is basically a percentage of the item's final selling price. Now, in terms of reach, as I mentioned, Facebook has more than a billion users around the world, but at the moment, Facebook are only offering your items for your local area. So, say, oh, here in Sydney, I can access the Sydney marketplace. eBay, on the other hand, lets you offer it to customers not only around Australia, but around the world as well. So that may be, despite the fact that they've only got 157 million active users compared to Facebook's billion-plus eBay still does offer that worldwide uh, that worldwide reach. Uh, in terms of protection, now what's one thing that eBay uh, offers is buy, both buyer and seller protection, uh, and a way for users to take some action if they're a not satisfied with the item, or b if they haven't got paid. There is a course of action you can take as a resolution center and actually quite a good system they've got set up there. Facebook at the moment says they offer no responsibility for things bought and sold on the site. There is a statement of rights and responsibilities, which is basically for the whole site, not just for the buy and sell section. So it is not specifically about that, but I think there has to be a level of trust there. And uh, and the the Facebook sales, because they're based in your area, they're not necessarily among your friends. Like a lot of people think this is just something you offer just your friends list. No, it's not. You can offer this to people who you don't know. So there's that level of trust you need to to bring up, you need to uh, address there. And uh, so you could be easily selling something or buying something from someone that you've never met before, uh, never don't know as a Facebook friend. Now, in terms of payment, Facebook leaves it up to the parties to agree on a payment method, and that can include a credit card or obviously cash or however, bank deposit, or however you want to do it. eBay has a wide range of payments. Uh, so of course, uh, they the PayPal, well, they did used to own PayPal. Now, PayPal is its own company, so uh, they, they can offer plenty of payment options also. Now... In terms of feedback, now I, I think that uh, eBay, the, one of the strengths of eBay is its feedback system. That's the scoring uh, that you can give buyers and sellers based on your experience. So other buyers and sellers can come along and say, if they see you've got a high score, high rating, a high feedback number, then they think, okay, this guy's pretty reputable or this girl's pretty reputable and we can do business. Facebook has no way of indicating whether you're selling to a deadbeat or you are buying from a deadbeat. So you really do need to uh, to take care and, and do your homework before you either pay for or receive your item uh, or sell your item. So uh, there, there's no, no way. Or also eBay has a, a way where you can... Uh, one of the one of the things you can track, or one of the things you can get rated on, is how quickly you ship your item. Obviously, the quicker the better. Facebook doesn't have any of those ch- checks and balances in place, so be really careful. It is free, so maybe you got some junk laying around. You might want to sell it. I, I did was on there the other day and noticed people are selling everything from phone cases to Blu-rays and DVDs to cars and trucks. I saw a truck advertised for thirty-five thousand dollars. So. Facebook has already hit the ground running in terms of the buy and sell. You want to read more about that? You can check it out, techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Do you know what your kids are up to on the internet, you parents out there? A recent survey by internet security company Norton shows that almost three quarters of Australian parents are in the dark 
when it comes to knowing what their children get up to online. Are you one of them? Helping your kids grow up in the digital age of social media, online stranger danger, sexting and cyberbullying adds a new dimension to parenting. And Norton wants to help give you the tools you need to open up the conversation with your kids about online safety. Norton Family is a free online service. It lets you keep tabs on where your kids go, what they do, and what they see online to help them develop good online habits. To learn more, and to start using Norton Family for free, visit norton.com forward slash au forward slash protecting kids. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide. Our first review is the ZAG, Z-A-G-G, the ZAG Pocket Keyboard. Now, this is a really handy device that can really change the way you look at your smartphone. Now, we all know smartphones are there in our pocket. They're with us all the time. We use them for email. We use them for taking down notes and and various things. But let's be honest. It is a little frustrating if you do need to type out a long email, a long document. Uh, So typing that out on a smartphone on that touchscreen could be a, a little frustrating, actually quite a bit frustrating. Well, this Zag Pocket keyboard could really come into play here, really solve a problem. Now, uh, the Zag Pocket keyboard folds out in its folded position. It's 22.35 centimetres long, 5.4 centimetres wide, and 1.45 centimetres thick. Weighs just 194 grams. So it looks like a watch case. Have you ever seen a, a, a watch? You know, you open up the watch, long, narrow case. It looks like that, about the same size as well. So it's easy to fit in your bag, easy to fit in, in a jacket pocket, things like that. And once you unfold it, though, it automatically turns on. You get a keyboard that is 85% the size of a full keyboard. So you're basically getting a keyboard that's only 15% smaller than the regular keyboard you use on your computer or your laptop anyway. It connects via Bluetooth, so you can pair your iPhone, your iPad, or Android device, whether it's a smartphone or tablet. There's a, a little rail on the, above the keyboard so you can position your device comfortably. There's also a little kickstand that comes out of the back so you can, so you can get the angle right. And once it's paired, you're ready to go. You're typing. And any program, any app on your device, whether it's uh, any text entry app, whether it's notes or pages or Word or whatever, email, you are able to use the keyboard instead of the on the on-screen touchscreen keyboard. Uh, so the, the keyboard is is got good size keys, really comfortable for typing. So you can it's easy to get through those long messages and documents because you've got to remember your smartphone and tablet are actually quite powerful computing devices. This really unleashes that power. It allows you to use it more like a computer than a phone. So if you do have to sit down and write uh, a, a long email, or you have to write out a long document, or maybe even edit a long document, the Zag Pocket Keyboard can really come into play. Uh, once it's connected, uh, it's it, it's really easy to to pair. There's a couple of buttons you've got to press. You've also got to specify whether you're pairing an Apple device or an Android device. Uh, and once you set up, it's really easy to type. And then once you're done, of course, fold it all up. There are magnets that hold everything in place once you're done, and that also turns off. 
the Zag Pocket keyboard as well. Now, there are no specific keys for Android and iOS users. You know, you can buy some iPad keyboards, for example, that have specific home keys and various other keys that specific uh, features uh, and, and for, for the device it's connected to. So uh, the, the like specific function keys. In this case, it's not because don't forget it's trying to cater for iOS and Android users at the same time. So it's basically just a normal keyboard. There are no specific feature buttons on it, but that's hardly a a a, a, a bad feature there. That that's uh, not a deal breaker whatsoever. One little problem we had it did, did uh, a couple of times not remember the device that we'd paired, so we'd have to have, have to go through the pairing process again. Uh, that was a little frustrating, but normally it worked straight out. Uh, as soon as we unfolded it, it did recognize our device and we were ready to work. Now, it's got a pretty solid construction. It's got metal outer surfaces. So this is something you can carry around with you every day and it'll handle all those daily bumps and scrapes. The Zag Pocket Keyboard, it's priced at $99.95 and I urge you to check out my story about it at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. Next up, another device to use on the road, and this is the Logitech MX Anywhere 2 laptop mouse. Now, they have had other MX mice, or mouses, I think is the correct term when you're talking about a computer mouse. And these devices were obviously designed for a desktop computer. Uh, I did use it with my laptop sometimes. But uh, the new MX Anywhere 2 inherits a lot of the features that are seen in the larger MX mouse and even the styling, so that, that bronze black kind of look and finish and, and, uh, and that, that new look and feel. It brings it down into a size that's uh, easy to carry around with you to use with your laptop. The MX Anywhere 2 mouse uses Logitech's dark field laser tracking. Now, what this means is that this can work on just about any surface, including glass and those highly, highly polished gloss surfaces. Now, if you've ever checked into a hotel room or you, you notice nine times out of ten, the desk is either made of that highly polished material, high gloss surface, or glass. And what you normally have to do, what I normally do, is put a piece of paper under the mouse so I could use it. Well, now, with this new dark field laser tracking, that's not necessary. You can just plonk it on the glass, and it will work as if it's a normal surface. To me, that's one of the best features. Features. Now, it's obviously small enough to take anywhere, but it still has plenty of buttons. There's left and right. There's a scroll wheel uh, that can also be pressed. There's a, there's a third button just behind the wheel and two buttons on the left side that are all programmable. There is soft companion software that runs with the MX Anywhere 2 that you can then customize the whole experience. You can program uh, to, for those keys to respond to specific features on a Mac or a PC. It does work on both, uh, and uh, it is pretty small. It's only 10 centimeters long, weighs only 106 grams, really easy to use. The USB receiver, because it needs to connect via USB, and it takes uh, it's plugged into a USB port. The USB, it's the smallest Bluetooth receiver that Logitech's ever created. There's a picture of it on my story on Tech Guide. You can hardly see it poking out of the USB port. It's also got easy switch technology, so you can pair this to three different computers if you want to. So say you're using it at home on your desktop. You're also using it maybe with a tablet or you know Windows tablet or maybe even a, another laptop. 
you can program it, pair it to all three, and just simply switch. There's a switch on the bottom that lets you switch to the particular device that you want to control with the mouse. The MX Anywhere 2, it's priced at $129.95. A little pricey, but you know what? You get what you pay for. It is a, it is solid quality, and it also has a rechargeable battery on board. So the money you're going to save on actually buying AA or AAA batteries, you're going to get that money back. That's going to justify this $129.95 price. And when you have recharged the battery, it'll literally go for a couple of months. And if in the event that the battery is dead, all you need to do, you can connect the MX Anywhere 2 with a USB cord to any USB port, even the one on your computer. If you connect it for one minute, that is enough time to give you enough power to run the mouse for an hour. So uh, a really cool internal battery there, rechargeable battery. Well worth checking out the Logitech MX Anywhere 2 mouse priced at $129.95. And you can read the full review with, with pictures at techguide.com.au. Next up, we are talking dash cams, and in particular, the Swan Drive Eye Ultra dash cam. Now, dash cams, in-car dash cams, have become uh, very popular products. Uh, it does give drivers a way of keeping a record of what happens on the road. Now, if in the case of a car accident, it could literally come down to your word against the word of the other driver involved. Now, having a product like the Swan Drive Eye does create a video record of the events that, that took place. It does record in uh, 3 megapixel HD. So it's got a resolution of 2304 by 1296, which is better than full HD. And that high resolution comes in handy because it you can make out details on your videos like number plates, street signs, people. You can identify people a lot easier. So that does come in handy. It's a tiny product too. It's only 6.3 centimeters wide, 5 centimeters long, 1.9 centimeters thick. Comes with a windscreen mount so uh, and also has a, an onboard rechargeable battery. That's what I like about this. The previous in-car in dash cams, a lot of them didn't have a rechargeable battery. They always had to be connected to USB power in your car. So there's an ugly cable running down from your windscreen, down your dashboard to a power source. That's not the case with the Swan. It is actually quite discreet. It sits uh, just behind your wind, your uh, your rear view mirror, and then can uh, once the camera is at, uh, facing the road, it does have quite a wild wide field of vision, so it will capture everything that happens around you. Now, how this works? There's a micro USD USB. Uh, it's micro SD, I'm sorry, micro SD card slot. You don't get one with the product. I thought that was a little disappointing considering the $229.95 price tag. But you do need a micro SD card to record what, uh, to, to keep track of your recordings, to store your recordings. It records in three minute clips and just keeps recording until it's used up all the space on your card. Once it's all filled up, it'll go back to the oldest recording and then record over it. So if nothing happens on the road, you, you can let it record over the old recordings. But in the event of an accident, there is a gyroscope on board that can detect that impact. And what happens then, it, would, it uh, initiates an emergency recording. So it will then it will take the recording from 30 seconds earlier. Remember I told you that it records all the time, constantly. So if you've hit, if an impact is felt by the camera, uh, that, that it, it can detect that impact. 
with the onboard gyro sensor. So it'll take the 30 seconds it's already recorded and then add whatever happens for the next 30 seconds in that recording. And that emergency recording can then never be recorded over. You need to actually delete that manually. So it's given priority. So it doesn't, it's not recorded. It can't be recorded over. So it's always there for you. And this video is admissible as evidence in court, also used by police in their investigations. So a great way for you to stay safe on the road to make sure that it's what the actual course of events is recorded and backs up your side of the story. Now, the dash cam can also be used as an action camera. It comes with a wrist strap and a special little mount, so you can you can then use it to record your ride, your, your skateboarding, skiing, whatever you want to do. Uh, just don't take it swimming. It's not waterproof, but it can be used for all your land-based activities if you want to use it as an action camera. And uh, it does come with the windscreen mount, as I mentioned, the in-car charging, a, a quite lengthy USB cable. And uh, it is uh, priced at $229.95. It does shoot excellent video, I have to say. A little pricey. I think if it had to come with a micro uh, micro SD card, that might have made the value proposition a little better. But anyway, well worth checking out. My full review is at techguide.com.au. The Tech Guide podcast is also proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And we're introducing the first Nighthawk modem router. Netgear's newest addition to the Nighthawk family has landed, and it's the first modem router in the range. The Nighthawk D7000 will deliver AC Wi-Fi speeds at up to 1,900 megabits per second and support both ADSL and VDSL connections. VDSL is one of the new technologies being utilized for NBN. So upgrade to the D7000 and future-proof your network. Enjoy smooth video and music streaming and eliminate lag when online gaming with Nighthawk. So if you want super-fast Wi-Fi speeds and ultimate Wi-Fi range for your home, check out the new Nighthawk modem router from Netgear. Search D7000 at netgear.com.au. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Our Tech Guide Help Desk, our first question is from Tim, who's asking, Stephen, I was wondering whether you have a recommendation for external broadcast quality microphone for an iPhone 6. I most certainly do. It's the iRig microphone. Now, this is a mic that has a lightning connector, so it can be connected directly to your iPhone. Also works with a specific app that allows you then to simply connect to the iPhone, start recording, hit record on the app, and you're recording broadcast quality. Uh, my mate Trevor Long and I use this for our other podcast, our Two Blokes Talking Tech podcast. We actually use this microphone whenever we're out uh, doing our, our podcast live at various events. This is the device we use, the iRig. Uh, it is available now, the iRig mic. You can, it's actually priced at $199.95. It's the iRig Mic HD. That is what I would recommend. Our other question comes from Chris, and he asks, I have a Samsung smartphone and an iPad. 
I'm not tech savvy, but I'd like to know an easy way to save info, e.g. photos, spreadsheets from my phone and iPad in case of a problem. Well, Chris, you know what? There are plenty of solutions, and the best part about it is they are free. If you use Google Drive, OneDrive, there are so many, Dropbox, there are a lot of uh, uh, cloud storage solutions that can let you back up your, your data, your photos, all these documents. Uh, so, And you can also access them from your phone, from your iPad. And if in the event, God forbid, that you do something happens to your device, you lose it, it gets stolen, whatever, you still have all your precious memories and all your documents saved up in the cloud. So check out OneDrive. I think you get, you get I think, uh, oh, Plenty, plenty of storage space for free. I don't know the exact uh, the exact figure there, but there's heaps of free storage. Google Drive, same thing. I think you get 20 gigs for free. Uh, iCloud allows you to have five gig for free. So plenty of solutions out there. Well worth checking out. You're listening to Tech Guide. And that's our show for this week. You can read everything we've talked about at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, we'd love to hear from you. Either email us, info at techguide.com.au, or hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Stephen Fennick, and that's Stephen spelled with a PH. We'd love to hear from you. Hashtag TechGuide. Special thanks, too, to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. It's been great having you with us once again, and we look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. 